when John Travolta mangled Idina Menzel's name, I honest to God thought he was announcing somebody else, and I screamed, what the fuck? We were promised Idina. Yeah, and uh, I was sitting right next to Wendy when this happened, and it's like her head exploded, and there were brains on me, and then then two seconds later it was okay, because Idina Menzel was It was actually Idina Menzel, and I'm like, what the hell name did he say? Oh my god, I'm Oh, okay. Oh my god, I thought that I would have to actually (laughs) rampage, and I didn't bring my sword. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. the Oscar podcast. Do we know what we're going to talk about? I presume the Oscars. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. We are your hosts, Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. And we are joined tonight, dubiously, by um, (laughs) fellow podcaster and longtime friend, despite our better judgment, Mr. Timothy Wick. I am dubious. I don't even know what that means. I don't even think you, you, you have du- well, you have doubts. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Mr. Wick joins us from the Geeks Without God podcast and Real Education podcast. Yeah, that's a podcast yeah. I do with uh, Jenny Young and uh, who is that? Uh, <laughs> I don't that, know. Um, other. Oh shit! I can't remember uh, her name. Her name? Uh, oh, Melissa Kersher. Yeah. 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 yeah okay, yeah. so we're getting a Venn diagram of podcasts made in the Minneapolis area and uh-huh. kind of created here. All three and of those podcasts have theme songs written by me. Yeah. So. <laughs> totally. Ain't you just the thing? <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's on our podcast, because he loves movies, and he's OCD, and one of the things that he does is he's got a project on his blog, PetSnakeReggie.com, alphabetical <laughs> movie project, where he watches every film in his DVD library in alphabetical order. And what this means, to the delight of his friends, is they can buy him films. First you ask, hey, Tim, what letter are you on? And then... M. So then my husband and I went looking for the worst Nicolas Cage film we could find that began with N. And we were so happy. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. So to get to the point of the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only reason the I, Oscars. The only reason I brought up the whole movie project, the alphabetical uh-huh. movie project, was to establish your bona fides that you are a true film nerd. And Tim, of course, also goes to Butnamathon with us. Do- so this year's Oscars... Uh, thoughts? Did Three we- hours of Oscar tweets! Actually, it was only... No, it was more. It was more because we did. Uh, we started with the pre-show yeah. and the red carpet. Yeah, carpet. yeah, that was some serious. And we discovered that it's more fun to watch what's going on behind the interviews <laughs> during the red carpet segment yes. as you try to play spot the assistant. Yep. And then who's on their phone? But it's good to know, I think, that all celebrities, just like the rest of us, take selfies <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. I, I was. Apparently, 
I was also pleased that we very nearly had a discovery of somebody picking their nose on camera by watching the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It the, did look It did look like it, she was picking totally her nose. It totally did. It totally did. But was I think it somebody she, famous? No, no it was, it was just somebody this. in the I background. Think, of the I think it was somebody like um, with the technical side of the Oscars and she would... Because it looked like she was picking her nose, but what it was was she had like something up to her mouth she was talking into, like her yeah. phone or something. But boy, that finger was really around that nostril. It looked and, like yeah. she was fishing. But apparently, yeah. and she kept turning like she didn't want anybody to see that she was digging around. But so of course, it didn't occur to her that she was completely surrounded by people and cameras. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you do pick your nose at the Oscars, do you get movie swag out of your nostrils? Do you, <laughs> Very expensive. Is that movie swag, is that yes. part of the swag bag? Do you get like expensive bottles? I want to be a presenter at the Oscars just to get a swag bag. Yeah. Well, apparently it was worth $85,000 this year. Now, they like, apparently most most celebrities, they donate most of it to like charity auctions and shit What like the that. hell is this? What the hell is a charity going to do with like super expensive skincare products? They're going to freaking put it in a raffle. Okay, well I was Sell more picturing other- like disadvantaged kids being like, you know, my crow's feet are fine. I don't need this. <laughs> You're going to give it to UNICEF and they're going to send it to kids in Africa to put it, so their skin looks better. That's I'm what, sorry. That's what sorry. it always makes I'm me sorry. think. We don't, we don't have any food for you today, but at least your skin will look attractive. <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. That's what it always makes me think when they say it. We, we gifted it to charity. I'm like, look, that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I Now I'm really... Wondering what the kids in Africa are going to do with those vodka bottles. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're yeah. vodka bottles vodka. from Minnesota. Uh-huh. We learned on the news broadcast before you even got here, Wendy. <laughs> yes. that, was a, that was a news story. The bottles. Minnesota representation in the swag bag was high-end vodka. Does every As state get representation? Did, did, does every state get representation? Is this like some know. bizarre... Total what the connection. hell would Utah contribute? Like, seriously. Mormons? <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, clearly, they'd oh. send magic underwear. Come on, guys, you missed it. There. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic, magic underwear for underwear. all the for all the no, stars. Just edit that failure out later. Do you have a new karaoke uh, song? They don't have that on karaoke. What yet. are you kidding me? They, yet. Yet. How long has it been since you've been to karaoke? It well, it, true, it has been a while, but they don't tend to reset their <gasps> karaoke so often. <laughs> That was Tim. No. Let's be clear about that. Oh yeah, my God, girls, Tim! What the fuck were you eating? Girls never belch. Oh no, it's not that I never belch. I just want to make it clear: the odds are it might have been me, but in this case, it was actually you. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So suck yeah, it, yeah. Wick. There is a type of film that gets nominated for Oscars. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's a, it's not even not a genre. Okay, it is a touching drama. It's always a drama. There's always some tragedy. There seems like tragedy is going to be a really big draw for it. Everybody wants to feel like they saw an important film. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, you know what could also be important? Um, how about happiness? Sure. <laughs> Can well, we watch a happy film? So I actually think I was surprised that 12 Years a Slave won after all that gravity momentum was going on. I was I was kind of thinking there might be an upset. Oh. See, I was... 
I was, you know, pretty sure 12 Years a Slave was going to win, and my faith was only shaken by the director win. Yeah. Alfonso Cuaron. You know, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. Cuaron's a fantastic director, and and I love his movies. But, uh, you know, it's actually pretty rare you see a disconnect between Best Director Oscar and Best Picture Oscar. It's been more common lately. It has been, yeah. But I have to go back, but look, at the last several years, it's been a lot less likely. Well, Well, last year, Argo won Best Picture. And, of course, Ben Affleck wasn't even nominated for Best Director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's it's become less and less common. It seems like there, it, it seems like there's much more of a likelihood among Oscar voters to split that award. I think it happened mm-hmm. when they went to, when they doubled the Best Picture nominations, yeah. that they kind of wisely, for once I'll give it to the Academy, went, you know what? There's nine films and nine directors how about we spread this around a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it makes more sense if for no other reason the self-serving money angle, right? Right. Because the more pictures you can slap Oscar winner on, the more money you can rake in as an industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, 12 Years a Slave. It's a very good film. It is, you watch it, and if you know anything about slavery, it is brutal as hell and maybe half as bad as slavery really was. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you kind of watch it going, this is a you-can't-handle-the-truth kind of moment. <laughs> it's like, you don't really want to know how bad it really was. So, we'll just sugarcoat it enough so you can feel really awful about it without feeling really awful about or it. Or taking it to such an extent that it becomes a disconnect, right? Yeah. It becomes so horrific that you distance yourself from it because you can't accept. Mm-hmm. You don't have a frame of reference that that could really be what had happened. Yeah. Because we want to, we want to tell ourselves that you know slavery was bad. I mean, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was good, but wasn't that bad, was it? Well, and there were a lot of nice slave owners, as people keep trying to point out recently. What the actually, hell? Well, no, Twelve Years a Slave actually does a really good job with that because his first owner, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, is a quote nice owner unquote. But he's still not going to take him home. He's still a slaveholder. He still has other human beings to do his bidding and I haven't seen the movie but at some point um, he sells him or he gets sold. There's still a moment where there's one slave who's so emotionally distraught over the loss of her children and it's kind of ticking his wife off that he sells him. Sells her. Because you know his wife doesn't like having that particular slave around. Because, you know, he it's may... It's inconvenient. He may have more respect for them than the Michael Fassbender character, but he's still a slave owner. You know, and that it, it's actually good with the film that it, it shows you that first. Because it's kind of like, well, you know, here's a, quote, good slave owner. And now, here's Michael Fassbender. Um... And there's, oh, there's this extraordinary scene. Actually, my favorite scene in the movie is Alfred Woodard, who plays a former slave who's married to a white man, a, a plantation owner. So he, quote, fell in love with her and decided to marry her. So now she is the mistress, and slaves treat her like a white mistress. And literally, she is not black when they talk to her. They can't treat her as black. They have to treat her as a white woman. And 
she has Tweedle's character sit down uh, and at tea, and and she's talking, and you can tell how much she hates all of this. <laughs> Even though she's very pleasant the whole time, but she's talking about how the, her husband sleeps around on her, and she doesn't really care because the fact is that she has to sacrifice any... She sacrifices her dignity in this way, but it means she doesn't have to go out in the field to pick cotton. You know, if you're talking about a supporting actress role that was in, that was not caught this year, Alfred Woodard in 12 Years a Slave. She's on screen for maybe five minutes, but my God, does she make an impact. I like her a lot. Oh, she's really good. And, and just that character, you, 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 you go, wow. She has it better than everybody else here, and yet she's still kind of a slave. On the other hand, in the Best Picture category, you do have a genre film of Gravity. Yeah. Uh, also Her, which mm-hmm. I think would not have been recognized in the I, uh, field. I, yes, Gravity, gravity well, is gravity technically is, genre in that it's... Gravity is a thriller. I wouldn't call it a sci-fi film. I'm sorry, it's, it's, Apollo, it's, I mean, it's firmly Apollo 13, and a, nobody thinks about Apollo 13 as genre. Right. But, they should. But it's, um, but it is. It's more biopic. It's more, it's science, which is great, and it and it's, but it's not really, science well, it's, fiction. Well, it's science, fiction, not science dash fiction. Yeah, it's not science fiction right. as a genre. Right, but but so it's I'd hard say science. But is that I I don't know. See, now I'm gonna. I'd, I'd I'm gonna say, say I think it's unfair to not embrace that as something of a genre film. I mean, it's it's. It's hard science. Hard science is part of the science fiction fantasy it, milieu, right? Except that I feel like science fiction, in particular, science fiction that is imaginative, not realistic, not, you know, not really clearly possible to what we have right now, that that gets short shrift, right? Star Wars, that's science fiction. That's based well, off what's it's science fiction. Fantasy, but so it's, but the thing is, we call it science fiction because it's all pew pew with laser pistols pew, and pew. blasters, right? Um, so something like Honor Harrington, right? That's science fiction. That's hard science, science fiction, military sci-fi, right? If they were to make that film, that's more like Aliens, right? That's a little bit more palatable. But we we don't we don't nominate those types of films. So let me ask, what genre films came out this year that you think should have been nominated for best? Well, Picture? I don't know that there were any. We don't yeah. tend to make a whole lot of them, and when I mean, we do, year, they don't tend to be really great. Her <laughs> is definitely a genre film. Yeah, uh, it yeah. is definitely science fiction. So that's and, one genre film. And I would I would argue that Gravity is a genre film, but it's not the genre you're thinking of. It's a thriller. It's an action movie. It's an, except that it's an action movie that, at its heart, is one woman confronting her own pain. So it becomes a very personal story, and it becomes Oscar bait. Well, but, I mean, yeah. you're right, but they make sure to cast it in a way that's going to make it extra palatable. Well, but okay, but being a fan of of thrillers and action movies, what's wrong with making an action movie that actually has a heart? I mean, that's what makes Gravity good. <gasps> There's mm-hmm. no complaint there. I'm just, I'm just saying. You don't think of it as an action movie first. You think of Avengers as an action movie first. But there's a lot of real storytelling going on in Avengers. But Avengers also is not afraid to have a great big action set piece where things explode a lot. And yeah, there is there is one of those in Gravity, but 
When you describe gravity to a friend, do you call it an action movie? I don't have to describe gravity do. to a friend because they've all seen it. Oh, <laughs> smart ass read. Snap. Oh, snap. snap. So, <laughs> last year, I would have argued very strongly that Avengers got. Sure. It yeah. got, that was a best picture last year. Avengers Fuck was you, a Academy. great fucking film. <laughs> that's a film that's going to last for. That's going to be a generational film of the Avengers. That was one of the best films of, of these five years. Right there. It was yeah. a great movie. Didn't even. Ah. Fuck you, Academy. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Marvel movies. And at and those are great examples of this movie would not be successful, or at least as successful, without really great acting going on at the center of them. Chris Hemsworth carries those Thor movies. Chris Evans is brilliant as Captain America. And none of them are going to get any kind of recognition for their acting chops in those roles because it's well, they're just superhero movies. Well, sure, and that's that's, but that's historically, you know. But that's many, why they that's why nominated? they doubled those Best Picture nominees to, oh, you know what? Let's broaden it. Maybe a comedy, maybe a genre film, maybe an indie film. No, it's just more Oscar based. It's funny, like maybe an indie film. Most of the films nominated are indie films. Here's a film though. That wasn't nominated for anything. That is a genre film. Huh? Pacific Rim. Yeah, we mm-hmm. talk about that movie a lot so far. Because seriously, not even not even nominated for best visual effects. That's a that giant is a robots, crime. giant monsters, sword, 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 <laughs> giant robots, giant monsters fighting in the ocean, and you can't give it best visual. If you can't even nominate it for best visual effects, really, give me a break. Yeah. It, it just or sound editing. Oh yeah. I mean, seriously, the sound editing on that—it's pretty great. Yeah, the technical categories. You, yeah. You don't, I'm not saying it had to win, but the fact that it wasn't even in the category—it's like, why the hate? Like seriously, it feels a little like Hollywood doesn't want to admit that their Pacific Rim happened. Frozen should have been nominated for Best Picture. I'm sorry, a film that huge. I'm not even saying it was the Best Picture. I'm saying it should have been nominated. But they yeah. take a cop out by putting it in the animated category. That film came out in early November? Late November. Came out right by Thanksgiving. We saw it on the Disney cruise ship over the Thanksgiving holiday. Okay. It is still in theaters four months later. Yep. It mm-hmm. has not even left the theaters. It is still doing good business. And when I go to see it with my daughter repeatedly, all kinds of people are there. Little boys, little girls, adults, teenagers on their own. Everybody is still going to that. And then they put out the sing-along version. Yeah. Brilliant. That movie <laughs> is the one that is going to define these five. It's going to be one of the top movies of these five years. And it wasn't even nominated. Just go. Sarcasm Just go. does not suit Just you. Just go. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, when does Neil Patrick Harris get to host the Oscars? Well, yeah. What what the fuck? I love me Ellen. We would finally get some good dance numbers and production numbers back yeah. in the show. Because yeah. I'm sorry, Pharrell's, on it. Pharrell's was enjoyable, but that was not. Do you remember when Beauty and the Beast, that the year of Beauty and the Beast at the Oscars, and they did the whole did. opening number with yeah. Little Town, and they brought out all the characters, and there were sets and costumes, and it was, yes, I want a production number. And I was a little disappointed that Adina just stood there, but I think she was really concentrating on other things and like trying to hear the orchestra trying to remember what her name was <laughs> and hoping against hope she was supposed to be the one singing yeah. yes. 
Now, there was an interesting article I saw earlier this year about, um, you know, how the goal of widening the Best Picture category from five nominees to somewhere between five and ten nominees was to... You know, be braver in nominating. In our choices, in, and maybe choices. a comedy or a genre film or something. Yeah. But the result has been, in a weird way, for the number of nominations across all the big categories, the field has been getting narrower and narrower in that we're actually nominating the same movies over and over and over in the same category. So if you took all the movies uh, nominated in all the big categories... In previous years, there'd be 20, 25 films, and and I think this year was like 13 movies. So in other words, they're spending all their money on each studio is picking one film and spending all their money on that and trying to get as many awards out of it as possible. Yeah. So you get all the best picture winners, and it used to be like for makeup, sound, even like best supporting. Mm-hmm. They'd cast things further You'd, afield. Uh, well, we're losing genre films used to pop up in the special effects categories, and so Iron Man three popped up in one category. Sure. And mm-hmm. but now it was pretty much all the best picture winners all night long. So yeah, Melissa, your point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, the the field is actually getting narrower, and and that's also why you see so many more movies saying. nominated for 10 Oscars. You never used to see that. Like, back in the 80s, I remember when The Last Emperor got nominated for, like, 11 awards, and that was just unheard of. There were were three or four films that had over 10 nominations. Well, and it used to be something that that was notable, like with the Lord of the Rings films, when it it got all those nominations. Yeah, which was, like, like 13. You know, oh, there have only been so many films that have gotten this many awards, and now they don't even bring it up because it's happening all the time. Yawn. I feel like... Maybe the Oscars should branch out, and if, fine, you don't want to nominate an animated picture for Best Picture, so you make a separate category. So let's have Best Comedy, let's go the route of the Golden Globes or the whatevers, or, and let's have Best Comedy or Best Genre Film or something. Well, sure, if you're not so going to nominate can, a comedy, mm-hmm. why the, wasn't Bridesmaids nominated two years ago? That's embarrassing. The Hangover. The Hangover yeah. was <laughs> one of the funniest <laughs> movies I've seen recently. Yeah, and they don't even get nominated for script. And you would think that a good comedy ought to get nominated for screenplay because, holy shit, that's some griting, right? That's some griting? Mm-hmm. Griting, writing. I haven't even had any wine. But <laughs> Ever. Ever. In your life. That's, that, they're serious. The, it is so much harder to write good comedy than to write good drama. And people in Hollywood know this. It's like I've always argued that that what you really need to do with the Oscars is you need to wait 10 years and then give them out. <laughs> yeah. Best Picture yeah. does not give a, get given out until 10 years after those movies came out because 10 years later, you can look back and go, all right, which one of these movies actually was the best picture that year? Yeah. I always use 1996 because if you go back to 1996, and I liked Forrest Gump, but if you go back to okay. 1996... Oh, my God, that's the, that's the classic example. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. other film nominated that year was groundbreaking. and With the exception of Quiz Show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was good. But was yeah. so good. Yeah. But, but you know, that year, what's Best Picture? Well, it's Pulp Fiction because almost every film made since Pulp Fiction... Is influenced by Pulp Fiction. American Hustle, which was nominated this year. You watch Mer- American Hustle. It's like you can see that this film doesn't happen this way. So, you know, ten years from now... 
we're going to look at this list of films and go, well, yeah, Twelve Years was a, Twelve Years a Slave was a good movie, but what movie was actually the film that was groundbreaking or influential or just wow, it stuck that remains yeah. in the public consciousness? That's why ten years from now, Avengers. Ten years later, what wins Best Picture? Annie Hall or Star Wars? No question, right? Mm-hmm. Because the '80s are defined by that movie that came out in 1977. Yep. The the Star Wars creates the the 1980s. Creates the 1980s in film. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I'm sorry, the and it creates and validates the space movie, the action the action space movie. Yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't have aliens without Star Wars. Poor Idina Menzel finally gets asked to sing at the Oscars and it turns out they actually invited some Indian or African singer instead. I don't know. Some other chick. But apparently, it looked like Adina Menzel. Let's be fair. No, I think that was Adina. She just knocked her down backstage and took her microwave. (laughs) This is my song, motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. I'm the Wicked Witch of the Goddamn West. You better hand me that mic. That's what that is. And I mean, I I oddly feel bad for the fact that I can't help it. I am watching partly for what they're wearing. I love clothes. I love to sure. see the gowns and how they're presented. So the very least I can do is try to be gender equi- some gender equity by noticing what the men are wearing and calling out when they make a really great choice. <laughs> calling out when it's not just a tuxedo. It's like, oh, nice lapel pin. Oh, that's a very nice little um, pocket square you've done there. Good job. <laughs> rocking, rocking the white bow tie tonight, Jared. Oh, good or job. Whoever. Oh, did you see the subtle hints of red in that jacket? Jacket. That was very nice. Oh, I like it when they wear the black shirt, right? Because there's ever so much you can do with a tuxedo. Now, that said, a poorly fitted tuxedo is a crime against humanity. It True. really is. Although I want to see men attend the Oscars in more interesting formal garb. I want, like, some more a kilt. kilt. Yeah, let's get <laughs> or, some more kilts. That, or, would, be, that would be awesome. It's or, like, what, what, why is Ian McGregor... He's, he's Scottish. Yeah. Why isn't Ian McGregor a ever cape. showing up? What, uh, what the hell? Yeah, we need are some capes. A cape. We need some and, opera capes. No, to we know we yeah. no reasons why and, capes are not okay. <laughs> no capes. No capes. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know what the men's I think clothes. Jared Leto could have rocked a cape. Come on, yeah. with that hair. Mm-hmm. He was made to be pounding on an organ with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> a cape, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jared Leto in the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Actually, the Phantom of the Paradise. He would Phantom be. Of, oh. Jared, Le- Jared Leto mm-hmm. yeah, in Phantom yeah, yeah. of the Paradise. That would be really kind of awesome. Yeah. 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 I, give I wonder you, if he I can sing. That. Doesn't matter. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. They don't care if he can sing. They don't sing. care. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to Ellen DeGeneres. I think she's a very fine Oscar host. She yeah. is personable. She's fun, but without being overpowering. She adds just a light, a nice she, light touch. She is in pizza. She's effortlessly funny. Yeah, yeah, and she um, seems real about it. Seth MacFarlane was pretty over the top, controversial last year, and they pretty much wanted somebody who was not going to do any of that. And she clearly was she, trying she very hard. She went for hard. the personable and cute route, which was yeah. a good choice to make. Except the one thing it made me want is now that we've had an Oscar pizza party, I want an Oscar pajama party. Everybody shows sure. up in glitzed out pajamas. Glitzed out, like yep. totally design designer think, label. I would way. think I would think almost every woman at the Oscars would be totally down for that because think about how much time they would have to less time they'd have to spend getting their hair and makeup done. Oh no, they'd still get their hair and makeup done. But well, you yeah, could but wear different. It would designer be, slippers. Yeah, they'd get their hair and makeup done, but it would be much more casual. 
Yeah, that's true. Ponytails. Yeah. They, they don't oh, have to. Yes. Yeah, they don't have to spend you know maybe a, a half an hour to an hour at the stylist instead of okay. a couple hours. And I well, mean then. all the different looks. Like, do you go for the pajama set? For the nightgown, for the T-shirt and yoga pants. I mean, there's a yeah. variety of looks there and, to explore. And the accessories. You get pillows, teddy bears, bedtime yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. Blankies. I don't know who we send this blankies. idea we come back to Cape. There's some ridiculous teen award type of thing where they, you get handed a surfboard. That's your award. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Which, you know, I'm going to frame that and put that on my wall. Mm. <laughs> hey, if you got one. If you got one, you put you it up put in your it in garage. Your trophy case. You put it, yeah, your, your trophy case is in your garage, right? That's what you tell people. As always, the actress category, I did, not, I did not see as many of the nominees because there are not enough good roles for women, which means that frequently the nominees are for more obscure films. Yeah. Yeah. In good order point. to find five. Mm hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, August Osage County, it's from a play. Right, yeah. and plays plays made into movies tend to do well in terms of being Oscar bait, and you know, and it's also a play about women being deliciously evil and wonderful and chewy and delightful roles. So of course, it's going to be an indie film that nobody saw, but it's apparently very good. But again, it's Oscar bait, which means it's also people being kind of horrible and confronting how horrible their lives are. And I got to say, my life is kind of crappy right now, and I don't need that. So I didn't, <laughs> see, I didn't see a lot of the Oscar bait this year, because I, if, if I looked oh. at it and went, I don't need a downer, then I didn't see it. You would have well, been so miserable watching most of the documentaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and look, uh, I mean, Meryl Streep, she gets nominated for being in movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's, she's a great actress, but yeah, is she absolutely. really... Is she really that good, or is it just literally momentum at this is point? Is she really better than everybody else, or is it just because she's Meryl <laughs> Streep? And I would think it's a little bit of both. She is that good. She has a, a remarkable range. And what I love about Meryl Streep is she still looks good, but she doesn't look... She still looks like a person. Yeah. Well, because she's she's enough of an actual artist, an actual actress, to know <laughs> I have to be able to move my face to do my job. So Best Supporting <laughs> Actress, I don't even remember who's nominated anymore. But that, that went to um, the name I can't pronounce. Oh, 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave, yeah. And I feel terrible, but I need a pronunciation uh, guide. Lupita. 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 Yes. It's the last name that throws me. Yeah, well, so. she's from Kenya. And I, I have to say, because the Oscars are partly about fashion, that girl dressed real good. Oh, she, that dress was gorgeous <laughs> yes. on her. Mm -hmm. And she accessorized it beautifully. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence was up for American Hustle. All the okay. acting in American Hustle was good. Jennifer Lawrence was clearly not wanting to win. I was reading yeah. a blog post about how she has not gone to any award shows. She just won last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's, she seems to be a personality that's like, dudes, chill. What? <laughs> she will cut you. She will cut you. I, mean, she, I love her. Yeah, I, I like when she went up to present and, and, and she, she had the little... And distracted like, what? Why are you laughing? Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay. Then. You're looking at me? You looking at me? And then she looks back. Jennifer I'm still Lawrence watching will cut you. Jennifer Lawrence will cut you. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> fucking in the Hunger Games. But even more than that, did you see her in Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah, she she'll was pretty She'll dance amazing. all over your corpse is what she'll do. Yes. I, I like Jennifer Lawrence a lot. She's a... Uh, She's a good performer. She's a good performer. She'll, I bet you, you know, she'll be catching up to, to Meryl Streep someday. Yeah. There's a decent chance. Although Amy Adams, what, she's been up 
nominated five times now. I was kind of hoping this would be her year. No wins. I was surprised by Kate, but I, I adore Kate, so I never mind when she wins. Mm-hmm. She's been, I mean, everybody's been talking about that movie. And of course, it's Woody Allen, and Woody Allen's on the outs because of... Everything. The fact that he's a child molester? The fact that he's a child molester, and it's, it's out there again. And, I mean, it's been out there before. But I, Kate Blanchett, who I, I love... Okay, so seriously, have nobody seen it? No. I haven't seen, I haven't Blue, seen Jasmine Blue Jasmine yet. Hollywood learns the wrong lessons about everything. Oh, they, yeah. They, they're experts at the wrong lesson. <laughs> I'm trying to, I can't wait to see what wrong lesson they learned from Frozen. Because here's oh. a movie, an animated movie with two females at its core that little boys are seeing just as much. Teddy's friend, Arthur, came over. Arthur is her exact same age, and if you couldn't guess by his name, he's a boy. And the two of them were both singing the entire soundtrack to Frozen, word for word, from memory. He loves that movie. He doesn't care that the two fem- the two central characters are female. He doesn't care. He loves the movie. So it doesn't matter, the, the old trope that boys don't go see movies with girls in it, that's BS. So... What but it crazy... shouldn't even it shouldn't even matter if that's true. Because what you are doing is ignoring fifty percent of the population that goes to movies when you don't make movies for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, I it's, mean it's, it's the it's the one part you... of that equation of okay, let's accept your bullshit premise is yeah. true. I still don't understand why you're not making money off of 50% of the population. Do you want to make movies or not? Do you want to make money or not? I think the idea is that you want to make money. You go out there and you make a decent movie, which is driven by a female character, like, oh, I don't know, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and it makes huge piles of money, and it doesn't occur to you that what made it work was it was a film that women wanted to go see. And they and don't instead they don't, the chick flick or the romantic comedy is a secondary tier that gets thrown away and dismissed and barely any And well, underwritten. And, 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 and oh really it, underwritten. It, it gets thrown away because it is underwritten because it's a cycle that feeds itself. You know, yeah. it's considered a backwater and therefore you don't attract the good writers to it and therefore it's a backwater because the vast majority of the material out there is poorly written. Yeah. Yeah, and every year, every year there's there's a movie that comes out that the studios are all surprised because it's a it's a film that has several women in a decent role and it does exceptionally well because a whole bunch of women go to see it because finally a movie that well I made, can watch well made with women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they don't they don't get it. Over and over and over again they don't get it and they at this point one presumes they never will. Probably not. Um you know, Gravity makes a whole ton of money, completely driven by a female character. There's there's two characters in the film, and one of them is gone after a third of the film. Sorry, spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, it's a male and a female, and the male doesn't last long. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just... Well, technically, there are two males, but the first male really doesn't last long. I kind of enjoy the reversal on that, mm-hmm. which is sort of like, if you're a male in the movie Gravity, your your number's up. You're hosed. You're hosed. Because normally it's the females. Like mm-hmm. the the more mm-hmm. classic trope was, oh, you're not going to be useful, so we'll just kill you off real quick there. It's one of the ways that you start to see that the lag of the gap, the generation gap between the people in power and the what the actual populace wants, which we're seeing, of course, in politics, especially like for uh, marriage equality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But also the the whole feminist and... 
um, skeptic and atheist movement, right? The majority of the population is like, I don't care if you're an atheist. The majority of the population is, why would you ever treat a woman like that? The majority of the population doesn't care who marries who. But the old white guys in Congress still care. And the old white guys making movies still haven't figured it out. And they don't get it. And the thing is there, it's... And most of them are liberal. Mm-hmm. But what? But they're still driven by money. And so they still say, well, I'd love to make movies that feature women, but they don't make as much money. And the response is, well, how many of them have you made to figure that out? Yeah, and show how me many your data. Them, how many of them were any good? It's like, well, why should we make a movie with a female superhero lead? None of the female superhero movies have done well. You're right. They're all shitty. Mm-hmm. The very few you have made have Our been crap. shit. How many shitty-ass male superhero movies have you made? Buttloads, and yet you still keep making those. Yeah, but yep. you, you won't. You won't make. You won't keep looking. It's like, why do you not have a? I think they finally. You know do. what? The first Wolverine movie them. was crap, and yet you made a sequel. <laughs> it yes. was. Well, it wasn't a sequel, I guess. But anyway, never mind. Uh, you but, made a second yeah. movie with Wolverine as a star. Let's and just call it a sequel. The question of why did it take so long to greenlight a Black Widow movie? Who didn't want to see more Scarlett Johansson in a black skin tight outfit? <laughs> I want to see that, and I'm a straight female. Yeah, it, it took them two years to green light, or a year and a half, or whatever it was, to to green light a Black Widow movie. It's taken them forever to make a Wonder Woman movie. See, for me, her standout performance was in the core. That was a while ago. <laughs> So I love I, the what, core. I, I wasn't the core nominated for best I, picture. And the problem with the reason there aren't that many women who are nominated for Academy Awards is they aren't even giving women a chance to direct. No. Yeah. It, it, how? Why can't you ever nominate a woman to direct? Well, first you'd have to give a woman a director job. Yeah, it's a, it's conspicuous that the first woman ever to win an Academy Award for best director, Catherine Bigelow, uh, for Hurt Locker. Since that time, not a single woman has been nominated for best director. Mm-hmm. Well, first you'd have to give a woman director exactly. a job. Exactly, yeah. and a job, a, a job in a film of some importance and quality. You know, mm-hmm. Hurt Locker was one of those movies that won in spite of itself. It's the lowest grossing film to win a Best yeah. Picture Oscar ever. It was a tiny film. It was a tiny, tiny film. Uh, same with Lost in Translation, with Sofia Coppola being nominated, is. And I think she was nominated. I, I, mean, I think she was. I think she was. Uh, so, you know, you've got very, very few situations. But in either case, these aren't big movies. Lost in Translation is a film that's essentially a guerrilla production in Japan. Yeah. Where they brought over a tiny crew and a tiny cast and made this movie on the cheap in like 30 days. Well, and because, it's, it's essentially a two-person movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And Hurt Locker was similar in the sense of it was a fairly cheap production by by Academy standards. And the thing is that when you look at these big films, you know they don't trust women to what? make this kind of movie. They don't. Even if there's a woman out there that wants to make a Jaws that would turn her into the next Steven Spielberg, nobody's going to give her the money to do it. Mm-mm. Because mm-hmm. they have this opinion that women can't direct that kind of film. Well, and the thing is, now you and I, the, those of us in the room, we look at who directed a film. And that 
can actually influence us or interest us in a film. Mm-hmm. If right. I see M. Night Shyamalan in a film these days, I'm not going to go see it. Yeah, right? or a film that I'm like, eh, I don't know, but then I see a director that I like attached to it or a writer that I like attached to it, I'm like, oh, well, I'll take a chance on that one. Mm-hmm. We're not the majority of the population. So it's not that they're worried that a woman's name attached to it will make will chase people away and convince people it won't be good because there's a woman. They flat out won't even give them the chance because they don't believe a woman can do it. And that's really extra offensive. Yeah. Well, what's, what's truly ridiculous about this is that very, very early Hollywood, the silent era, Hollywood was made up of Jews and women. And the people making those films, the, the directors, the writers were Jews and women. And the the moment it started making money is when the white men and the 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 white men with the money started coming in to make more money, push them out. Yeah, push them out. Give and, me the money. And there have been eras in Hollywood where women started to kind of come back. And you know, there there was an era in like the the forties and fifties where you had a few fairly powerful. Uh, there were a couple of powerful female directors, and then that kind of faded away. And then in the 80s and 90s, you saw some female directors starting to come up. And then the 2000s hit and it went away again. Well, the swing, the anti-woman swing. Yeah. Because it's not anti-feminist. It's Mm anti-woman. Yeah. It it is off the chain and out of the box right now. Mm -hmm. The, The cultural backlash against women as people is staggering and nauseating. Honestly, the way women are treated online and the way women are talked about, it's it's like stepping back. But uh, but how about that montage, like the action movies? I don't know what that was a tribute to, but it, it was, was a tribute it was all to about heroes, heroes and, yeah. heroes yeah, and, and we film. Were, and we we in the room were counting how many women were in in this rapid fire montage of all these action heroes. And, and we weren't eight. even count. Well, there were nine if you counted one woman who got kissed. Right. Yeah. So there were nine women visible, eight actual heroes, and of course I made the joke nine if you counted C three PO. Out of and we didn't keep account of how many actual heroes to get any kind of ratio. But <laughs> they clearly had to go looking for female yeah. heroes. And. The ones they pulled out were ones that are iconic. You're like, well, of course, Ripley from Aliens. Well, of course. Black Widow. And, yeah, well, yeah. Of, well yeah. of course. Whereas the men, you're like, oh, did I see that? Who? Yeah. Which one was that? Yeah. Really? You're going to yeah. count that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Transformers? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were talking to Lex, because we had her as a guest last week. And did she bring it up or did you bring it up? About what? how... When they, oh, as Gina Davis pointed it out, that she just would like to see, even in crowd scenes, like in crowd scenes, they do about 17% female in right. any crowd scene in, in a movie. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a crowd scene in a movie, you are unthinkingly being indoctrinated with this idea that women only take up 17% of the space, which is, by the way, about how many senators and congressmen there are that are women, right? <laughs> funny, funny how those two track together. And that when they increase the number of women in the background of a shot to being 50-50, men report being uncomfortable, but they don't know why. Now, when you're out in the world, 
you see that many. Sure, the, the ratio is pretty mm-hmm. clear. About half women, half men. But when you go to a movie, apparently it shakes men's reality if they actually see in a movie women present. But it's because we've been trained. We've all been trained to see. Well, now it's gotten to be the. Now I'm kind of like. Now that you've brought that up. I would really like to see a film where there were 50% women and see if I was, if I noticed and if, if I was like, wow, this is weird and I don't know why. I want them to experiment on me and see what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Except you'd be watching and thinking that, you know, now that you know that you're going to watch a movie and go, huh, wonder how the crowd distribution is here. It means that now I want to go back and watch movies with big crowds and be like, where the hell are the women? What the hell? Yeah, why is it that there are only guys walking down the street? Do women drive? What's the deal? Well, we've proven that women aren't, number one, safe in society, and they shouldn't be allowed out of the house. I think we all know that. <laughs> Unless they've put on very high heels and a lot of makeup. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. So here's here's what I think, you know, we all feel. May I, I don't want to presume to speak for you, but I think <laughs> I think if, if the Oscars would listen to us... <laughs> Next, I want to be on Team Oscar. Next year, next year's telecast would be Pajama Party. Yeah. Yep. Hosted by Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. There we go. The, how, how would this not win every? <laughs> oh, win. Oh, 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 hold on. Can we bring back Cirque du Soleil as well? well oh yeah. And and yes. there would be dance numbers. Yes. We all agree yes. on that. I want yep. a dance number. It Bollywood was... director for the Oscars. Bollywood director. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There would be. Oh, and move the orchestra out of the building next door. What is that about? They're, well, because of the way that stage, they went to this theater and there's no orchestra pit. Have they've the orchestra been the, on They've been at the stage. Kodak Theater for like 20 years. Well, then they redid it. They redid it. If you have dance numbers, then you need to have the orchestra there. Boom. I mean, we, we, we've solved the problem. Yes. <laughs> if there are dance numbers, the orchestra is back. Now, I want to make it clear I'm not talking about Rob Lowe's Snow White dance numbers. Wait, and no, yes, we do need at least one of those. I'm and we okay need York in a swan dress. Yes. We need at least And some... I, I even know where they can put the orchestra. Yeah. They build as part of that crazy ass set with the condom. With the condom Oscars? Condom Oscars. Condom Oscars. But they you are. just you build a platform and you put them on there and it's and you make the platform raise and lower. So oh, that's it's, oh, great. here comes the orchestra, here they come. Mm-hmm. They could they could ascend, they could descend, they could go below, they could come from above. You don't know where the orchestra is. They could swing in. Woo! Yeah. See the problem <laughs> that they don't understand is the Oscars can be long if they're crazy weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You you go. Well, but they take themselves too seriously. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Except I for when of... Ellen DeGeneres came out in the Glinda the Good Witch dress. Yeah. Yes. Which I... you should have worn longer. Yes. I want to return to the crazy 1980s clusterfuck Oscar shows. Yes. <laughs> With the bad dance numbers. And Cher's dresses. Oh, and... Cher's awesome dresses. And... You rock that. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go out. Come on, people! It's a celebration of excess. Let's excess it. Yeah, let's Mm. let's take it. Let's take it to eleven. Let's take that excess to eleven. Yes. (laughs) What is the takeaway from this year? What movies should we have seen that we did not? Act of Killing. Act of Killing. I am actually disappointed that that did not win. Yeah, Act of Killing. Well. The Square is a magnificent movie. For those of you who don't know, out there in audio listening land, The Square is a movie that was cobbled together from footage that was shot on the ground by protesters during the Egyptian revolutions. Yeah. Of 
the last couple of years. It was a movie that was funded by Kickstarter and just turned a massive amount of footage into something comprehensible. And it's amazing. But beyond that, The Act of Killing came out this year too, and that is a movie about... That is a movie that has taken about seven years to make, and it's... <laughs> everybody got behind it, including Werner Herzog and Errol Morris. They're both executive producers of this movie. But the director is Joshua Oppenheimer, and he went to Indonesia, and he decided to track down the men who were the hired thugs for the 1960s genocide in Indonesia. And these are men who are walking around in their old age and they're bragging about what they did and it's accepted in that society. Indonesia is a, is a country that has never faced what ha it has gone through. And is still kind of happening. So he tracked down these men and he said, please tell me your stories about what you did to these people and you, we will give you the means to make, to play out these scenes as like big Hollywood productions, and you can tell your story however you want, because all these guys were big fans of American movies, so they're they're making these weird scenes like film noir, western, it, it, westerns, or... uh, musicals, and they're these just kind of these glorified uh, stories about these truly horrible things that they were doing. And you can see the seeds of doubt finally creeping into their heads as this documentary is filming how they're telling their own stories. And I literally watched this film with my jaw on the floor from start to finish. And it, it is literally one of the best documentaries I have ever seen. Is that one on Netflix and right now? It is now on Netflix. It, yeah. it just hit Netflix a couple weeks That's ago. That's exciting. And it, it's astounding. And that, there is no way 20 Feet from Stardom is better than that. This is a movie that, now that it's out, it's gone back to Indonesia, and the people in Indonesia, it, the, it's starting to crack. It's starting to crack the walls of this barrier of information. Like, guys, we did that. Yeah. All right, any other movies we got to talk about? I mean, Frozen? Well, my question was, what are the takeaways from this year? in terms of movies that didn't uh, deserve it or movies that we should definitely go out to see. I think Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, the definitely. Thing, the thing that happens with Wolf of Wall Street is there's a lot of pushback about how it's glorifying uh, a horrible person, and I disagree. I do not think Wolf of Wall Street glorifies him at all. I think Wolf of Wall Street is a, an impeachment of the American dream and of of what we as Americans value. But okay, so it film. sounds like we are saying Wolf of Wall Street, The Act of Killing. Frozen, you mentioned that a lot. I yeah, did mention Frozen. I, I think we're pretty I clear feel like um, Her, because Spike, really Spike Jones makes interesting films. He has an affection that is core to his films. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. when you think about his movies, there's, there's a sweet, affectionate core yeah. of... That you just get the sense he likes these characters, and it and it means that those characters, no matter what happens to them or what crazy things or, or, the depression or angst that they may suffer from, you end up with a tone of the film that still is warm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he makes films that are both simple and tremendously complex, and that's kind of the interesting thing about it, is you can describe the film really easily, but there's a lot of depth. Do I really need to see da- Dallas Buyers Club? No. I mean, good. It's a good film. But I don't. your life will not be changed by watching Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, well, yeah. Go, go see How to Survive a Plague. Do I need to see American Hustle? Uh, yeah. I think uh, the acting in that one is, is extraordinary. That's a hell of a cast. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm a, I am becoming a Bradley Cooper fan. Well, yeah. I mean, I liked him in The Hangover right away, but then he's made interesting choices since then. Mm-hmm. And I will always be a fan of an actor when I get the sense that they don't take themselves too seriously. When I become a personal fan of who I th- the person I believe you are, then I'll, I'll follow you. And I yeah. feel like he's somebody who who doesn't take himself too seriously. If for no other reason than that hair that he's got in her. <laughs> <laughs> when you see him, an actor the, with yeah. a perm in. The, the pubic not... hair wig, yeah. Oh I don't my know. God. And I still need to see Philomena. I wanted to see that, that one I just missed. Anything that you need to see that you didn't see? Uh, well, I only, there was only one on the best picture list that I didn't see. I haven't seen The Act of Killing yet, so I will definitely see that, especially now that it's on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, makes it a lot easier to go see that film. But oh, I will. I'll put a shout out that four of the five best documentaries are on Netflix right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You can watch those and, bad boys. Uh, but which one of yeah. the five isn't? Is the square not? Uh, uh, Twenty feet from stardom is not. So the winner is the only one you can't watch. Well, you know yeah. why? Because you can rent that on iTunes. Why give it to them for free on Netflix when you can get more money out of them? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, let's wrap it. Um. Because we've been going for a while. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Like, a really long while. Is that the time? Why do we do this? Yes, it is. This has been the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Wendy. I'm Melissa. And And I am not relevant any longer. (laughs) (laughs) At least you admitted it. Not on this Uh, podcast, anyway. Come and listen to me over at Geeks Without God. And... Good plug. And and a real education featuring Melissa Kersher and Jenny Young. Yay! Yay! That's all we got. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes up every Thursday. You can find us at xanaducinema.com and you can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yeah, we'll yeah. fix it in post. We do that a lot. Yes, we do. Mm. Boop. Just Beep. like that. <laughs> Boop. That Beep. never happened. Yeah. All right. I didn't know. I said suck it wick, not suck my wick. Because if I said suck my, I would follow with dick, not wick. I want to make that also clear.